Hello everyone, I'm David G, Boating Industry Content Director and Editor-in-Chief, and this is another edition of Boating Industry Insider. We are talking diversity and inclusion. About 20% of the American population has a disability. Uh, however, they're about twice as likely to be unemployed compared to those without. Here to talk diversity inclusion is Tova Sherman, who joins us from uh, north of the border. She's the author of Win, 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 and welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, David. Yeah, well, I, I, I could tell just from our couple of minutes here that I'm going to enjoy the, the conversation. So talk, let's, let's kind of begin the, to kind of lay the landscape, talk about why that gap exists and, and some of the basic challenges, the, maybe the, the myths that, that come along with, uh, you know, trying to be uh, a, an employer that does the right thing. Where did you first hear about one, David? Was it maybe in the family where somebody might've whispered mm -hmm. or maybe someone was laughing at a relative, let's be real, mm -hmm. or perhaps it was in the school playground, school, yeah. Yeah. right? So for yeah. me, it was the playground. And because yeah. I was the kid on the ADHD spectrum, I was the weird one. And I can tell you, it's not a pretty place for a different kid. Yeah. So the school playground is one of those places we go, oh, that's what disability is. So, so far we have family whispers, some laughter, some cruelty around a playground. Well, we also learn about it from TV movies. Guy loses his memory, can't remember his own family. Very rare. That's why it's a family movie of the week. And finally, we learn through the media. And when I say media, I mean perhaps CNN has reported. They do not report, David, on the bipolar guy who's doing great holding down two jobs. They report on that 0.01% that is not well managed and that has really struck out, like in some way and others and has made therefore a name. So I want to first stop the train and ask everybody listening today or watching, where did you first hear about disability? And could that be potentially the challenge that we're all facing when we try to engage people equally when our entire lives, we've thought of them as strange, different, difficult. I wish it was only different. It's difficult. And to be clear with you, David, the hardest part for me to understand is everyone's gonna have a disability. You, me, grandpa, daughter, kids, son, the very people we love, we become stigmatized about. So we have to really step back and say, where did I get my information? And once we acknowledge, in all fairness to ourselves, it wasn't sourced in the right place. No one gave me Disability 101. We can start with the premise that with that information, are we terribly surprised at the exclusion of persons with disabilities, certainly in workplaces. And what I see, David, is these great employers. I'm not just talking big corporations. I mean, the small guy, the guy who's really just trying to get through the day. And they want to be inclusive and they care about it. And they've read the studies around inclusion, improving you know, of persons with disabilities tend to have less sick days, quite the opposite of what you think based on what you think disability is, which is essentially somebody broken. So with all of these facts, we need to be able to step back and really ask ourselves, are we able to be curious enough that we do not allow our bias, which was built on myth and misinformation from that schoolyard from CNN, you know, that's our source. We've got to be real and acknowledge that the first step is acknowledging our information is coming from the wrong source and I need some better sources. Well, I'll tell you, if we have learned anything these last couple of months here, uh, particularly in the United States, it's that the source of your information is, uh, is quite critical when it comes to forming opinions, isn't it? 
Absolutely. I can't even imagine a better metaphor for that, but we're not going there today. But I want we you are, to know. No, we, we are, are not. not. We Next are time definitely we talk, not. Okay? So tell but you I know. am excited to say that it's changing. Yeah. And that's why I wrote the oh. book. Because what disability confidence is, is the ability to be an ally, to acknowledge I don't know everything, but I really want that diverse workplace. Why? Because everything tells me it's better to reflect your community. It's better to understand and have different ideas in the workplace, creativity, imagination, innovation. These are the skills the workplace of today and tomorrow requires. I tell everybody, forget the best practices. What are the next practices? And that's my job to share them with you. And after 20 years of seeing people learn about it in the schoolyard about disability and then have all that stigma, I had to write down the simplicity of the 18 inclusionisms because I really believe if we applied them, we would remove those biases. And the fact is the disparity between people with disabilities who are able and want to work in America mm -hmm. and have the work and persons without disabilities is dramatic. Nearly 70% of Americans who choose to work in 2020, of course, our numbers are pre-COVID, were working, whereas persons with disabilities, it was more like 20%. So we see a huge disparity. And until we acknowledge that it's really based on bias and misinformation, I don't know where we go. And that's why I'm trying to simply write a quick read that isn't so much anything as a reference book that allows us to say, wait a minute, I was thinking, I didn't even realize that. Now that I see my bias, I can address it, whether that's in my job pool, my talent, promotions, not looking over them, or even looking at a resume and saying, wait a minute, we all learn differently. Yeah. And allowing to not cut people out. I tell people screen in, don't screen out. You touched on it briefly. I wanna go back to it. And that is the, the ROI aspect of this. This isn't just, Hey, doing the right thing is, is good. That's a good starting point. I mean, your heart should be in the right place as an employer, but for somebody who's, you know, staring at a spreadsheet all day and looking at profit and loss, they also want to know that, that there's, you know, maybe a little bit of a, of a, a reward for doing the right thing. So I win, assume that, win, win. I assume that you have uh, plenty of cases of ROI that, that, is uh, positively impacted by this. Diversity not only represents your community and makes them feel represented, but it also actually provides some innovation, different thinking. If you wanna only be with people who are like you, think like you, and you know, just kind of high five you every time you have an idea, instead of challenge it from different perspectives, you're in trouble because the homogenous workplace no longer reflects the community. You outline in your book five simple steps. Again, you know, when, when we take this big, you know, kind of broad subject, like, oh, you know, you might get some eye rolls, and I can't take that on. And I'm, you know, I've had COVID, and I'm trying to keep, you know, in my employees healthy, and and you know, I've got supply chain issues with this global pandemic, and and I've, you know, I'm putting out fires every day, and now you 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 hit me with this other thing. Just kind of outline, if you would, three, four, five simple steps that I know you do in your book uh, that, that an employer can, can take to become a more inclusive workplace. So the first thing I say to leaders is acknowledge your own bias. I say the fish stinks from the head, which maybe it's because I'm from the Atlantic coast, but you know, a lot of fishermen grew up with a lot of fish, but you know, I really do believe that if the, if the message is not reflected from the top down, it's useless. And one thing you said is they're saying, oh my God, now something else I've got to deal with. Yeah. Well, that's part of the problem, David. It should be a core basic element, just like hiring, 
getting the best person for the job. I always say right person, right job. I'm not asking for special because I don't believe in special. I believe we equalize the playing field for all citizens and then let the best man, woman win. I think we can, you know, kind of uh, move quickly to a to a place where where it's just a good business decision, isn't it? Not only a good business decision, but it's good for business in the sense that your own team is going to stay longer because they see you growing a culture, not just a, a, a box that you check in and out of a time clock. You know what I mean? It's really a message to every member of your community that you are not just in it for the number. And in a sense, that's good for the numbers. The truth be told, the number one reason around the board is it's just smart to win, win, win. So what do I mean by that? The business win. When you hire the right person, right job, you expand your talent pool, you identify diverse people who bring new thinking, innovative ideas to your team. That's the win for the business. The win for the client or the person I work with is to get them that job. So we also have a person who's actually been hired by someone who genuinely wants them, that doesn't think of inclusion as extra work, but as a very core basic value of our company. And therefore it doesn't mean I'm adding more to my pile. It's part of the essential basic pile. That's the second win, that client win, the person who gets the job, the employer and the community or anybody, you name it, the other people who work there, all of a sudden through a combination of education and osmosis, they're realizing that everyone they love that has a disability is okay. They're not broken. You know, when you talk to, to consultants who, who uh, you know, are, are hiring and employee management, employee engagement experts, they always talk about, you know, here, here are the common mistakes when, when you hire or when, uh, you know, managing people. Are there, are there some commonalities in terms of managing people or, or teams with disabilities? And the one thing is to treat everyone the same. Yeah. There's nothing uh, special about accommodation. David, if you didn't self-identify and I did, and there was a manager coming in, I would want the manager to go, David, welcome to my company. Is there anything I can do to make your work more comfortable? Well, actually, I prefer headphones. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll get you some really good headphones with the mic, right? Then they come to me, Tova, we know you have a disability. You've self-identified as having a mild hearing impairment. What can we get for you? Headphones, same ones, good ones. Oh, okay, but here's the secret, David. Now I'm gonna check back, not just on Tova, the hearing impaired girl, but maybe David too, and make sure the headphones work for both. So it's to do it, to review it, to revise it, and if needed, renew it. In other words, one of my things is, one of my isms is to go in there, look at the accommodation, then revisit it, and if necessary, revise it. And that's for you, David, whether you self-identify or me, Tova. The biggest mistake we make is thinking accommodation is some special thing. And the truth is there's nothing special about equity. Love that thought. So diversity to inclusion, the subject, a big subject, Tova Sherman, the author and expert, Win, Win, Win is the book. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed this, David. Anytime you want to chat, you know I'm here. And thank you for joining us as well. I'm David G, Voting Industry Content Director and Editor-in-Chief. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and we will see you on the water. So long, everyone.